The New York football giants have lost their second game in five days and now have an NFL worst one and five record on the season. We went from the two ultimate ends of the spectrum from one Sunday to the next Thursday, from being so close yet so far to getting our second win to being in an absolute other galaxy away from getting our second win. So what now? Is this season destined to turn into last season where the guys are already throwing in the towel? What should we feel and do as fans? So, without further ado, let's bleed blue. All right, 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 all right. We are here. We are back for the second time in like three days. The New York football giants. Sad week for New York sports. We have David here again for the second week in a row, which is fantastic. David, how are you doing today? I'm a little hurt. Uh, I, I, I feel like, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, that was like a pointed attack at me last night. That was, that was personal. That was terrible. Um, didn't help that I was there and oh, no, yeah, no. got rained on for a bit. You know, you can only listen to Philadelphia Eagle fans spell their team name so many times until you're really, really, really tired of it. So it was rough. That was bad. That kind of was a new low. New yeah, yeah. Especially when Beckham a couple weeks ago, we we talked. No, this was last week. Um, Beckham was talking about how like the culture of the Giants and whatever, and the, the culture of like, yeah, MetLife and ugh, just it was well, almost he was, like he was dead on. It was dead on it, with yesterday. It was almost like MetLife at the end of the game when you heard the e l e a g l e s, however you spell Eagles, when you heard that chant, it almost was like MetLife was like an alleyway. Yeah. And it was just this weird echo, and it was this weird all, all that that was so that was such a weird it felt, last night. it felt like the end of a preseason game. Yes, yes. It it yes. felt with just like that level of I really don't care anymore. I'm just here because I paid too much money to leave. Um it it was weird. It was it felt very similar to to last season when they lost to the Rams. Uh, and the Rams came in, and I think they won like the one thirteen or something like that. It felt very similar to that, just like from start to finish, just getting getting it handed to you, kind of accepting it by halftime. This game is over. Trying to find silver linings, not being able to do it. It just made it even worse this year that it was Philly and not the Rams. Yeah. You know, we're going to see them again. That's the worst part. So. Before we get more into the Eagles game, and we're also going to do the Panthers game as well. We're going to we're going to give you a two and one package here before we really get into that. Typical early podcast announcements. Um, follow me on Twitter at jpenick 74 The podcast is now on iTunes. 
Woo. If you look up Bleeding Blue on iTunes, on the Apple Podcasts app, we're one of the first ones to pop up. And that's great. Unlike SoundCloud, it was unusual. It's unusually difficult to find our podcast on SoundCloud. But if you have an iPhone, you look us up. We're right there. So subscribe. And what we would really, 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 really love is if you can give us five stars and write a review. Because the more five star ratings and reviews we get as a podcast, the more popular and the more that we can kind of like grow. When you search Yankee podcast, when you search Giants podcast, the whole goal is for our podcast to kind of pop up first. That's my overall goal. And I would like, um, and if we're good enough and if you like us enough, you can help us do that. So, yeah, we will still be posting the episodes to SoundCloud because I know um, David is an Android user. I am. You don't have Apple podcast. So we will still be posting the SoundCloud for those Android users will possibly even try to get on sound on SoundCloud. Spotify. That's also Ooh. a thing that I'm gonna that we may try and look into do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Giants. The New York <sighs> football the Giants. Giants. All right, you were talking about the Eagles game. It felt like a preseason game. Uh, now, particularly for fans, like I spent too much money. Now, here's the thing what I do with preseason games. I leave at halftime because I don't really care. Because preseason games you don't pay as much for, but True. that's that's terrible. Like during the regular season, that you have to feel like I pay too much money to leave. I, but I, I would leave. I no, stayed. actually, 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 when the Eagles were driving, and they fumbled, yeah, and then they reversed. Well, they didn't reverse the call. They the call on the field like it stood in its stance because Smallwood recovered his own fumble. Yeah. I thought that was the, in my opinion, because the Giants made it, because at that point it was, what's 31 minus 7? 24? 24. Yeah. It was 24 13. Smallwood fumbles the ball. Eagles are driving down the field, or they have the ball. He fumbles the ball. If Giants could get the ball back and they could score seven points. And this is in the second half that I'm talking about here. This is right, in the second half. Right so after, it was right after Saquon's, Saquon's run, touchdown yeah, run. Yeah. So there was a point. <laughs> Even though the Giants played terrible, like both sides of the ball at multi, at certain points of the game, especially if you look at that defense at, in in certain points in certain drives, played terrible. The whole team. This is a, this is not a good football team. You know, it's it's tough. It's it really is tough because now we're looking towards a point where you look at that defense, especially in the second half, you can visibly see that guys gave up. Janoris Jenkins not going for certain tackles, body language, no hustle, emphasis, energy. I mean, and, but can you blame them? That's also kind of like my question. Can you blame them when you have an offense that scores 13 points a game, you know, and the defense has given it their all and has done their absolute best to try to keep this team in games and football games. Can you blame them? I don't think you can. I, I don't think you can. And, you you've mentioned um, body language, and I think it's not. I mean, obviously, it's not. That's not a performance that like body language is not has nothing to do with performance on the, of the team. But right. I think it's an indicator of where the team's mindset is. And when I tell you, and I don't, you know, I think being at the game can sometimes be a good thing for certain for certain aspects, and a bad thing for other aspects. Like for instance, I really didn't see any of if there were any antics on the sideline, things like that. I'm sure there were. I know there were. What I was able to see a lot of was, and Justin, you're going to enjoy me saying this, 
based on our based on our last week's podcast, I saw a lot of Odell get open, ball not the ball not even not go to him, but not go to a wide receiver. A ball just go underneath to Gallman or Barkley, and I you can see Odell's frustration. You can see his kind of like there was one play. It was on one of the last drives. Didn't even matter, honestly. Odell made a move at the line of scrimmage, got past got past the corner. The safety was late to rotate over. He was open. Eli threw it underneath to Gallman for like a gain of three. And Odell just stood still with his hands on his helmet, just like looking down, not yelling, not screaming, just looking dejected, just looking frustrated and overall just tired of like tired of playing the game. Um and but he trots back to the trots back to the huddle. He came out every play. He, he was running routes every single play. He just was not getting fed the ball. Again, I think you see the defense, same thing. I think you see this, you see the defense not, not hustling. There was one play, Cody Latimer, there was a punt. Um, and I don't, I don't remember who the return man for the Eagles was. He muffed it. And Cody Latimer oh, yeah. Yeah. was there and then just ran past him. And like he fumbled the ball, and if Latimer had just stood in front of the return man, would have had an easy fumble recovery. But he ran past him and then supposedly hurt his hamstring. It's actually like perplexingly bad how terrible the Giants special teams is. Yes. And it's been like this for years. It, for yeah. years. I I don't I don't understand. It, it's one of those things. The one bright spot right now, I would say, of the Eagle uh, Eagles, geez. They're they've infiltrated my mind. Yeah. The one thing that I think has gone well for them in special teams has been Rosas has been has been very good. He's hurt. He, he, he missed one yesterday, but he's, he's been hurt. good. Yeah. And he's he, impacting he, him. He was on the injury report this entire week. And you could see um, it. You know, he missed he in the, in the field goal he missed wasn't a chip shot. So I, you know, I understand conditions weren't great. He's not playing healthy. I get that. Um, but I think he's been very good. And I and I like I like his progression from last season to this season. Absolutely. So I'm happy to see him progressing and I and I'm hoping I think he, I think we have a steady kicker going forward, which is that's nice. great. That's great news. Hey, hey, we gotta look for things. You know what I'm saying, Justin? The little, the little things. The in little life. things. The little things. But yeah, special teams has been has been atrocious. But I just feel like there are so many other issues we can't even spend time talking about special teams. Um, yeah. Well, no. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. And there, there are a few, uh, there are a few giants, particularly NYG Weekly. But I've been saying this um, ever since, ever since I was a little boy. I've questioned this. Tom Quinn, why the hell? Is he still associated with the Giants? Yeah, they was... fired him. They <laughs> fired him to only bring him back to be like the uh, assist to be like an equal <laughs> special teams coordinator. And you want to know who they hired in place of Tom Quinn before they actually brought Tom Quinn back again? They brought somebody who was under Tom Quinn initially. I I'm I'm actually pretty certain Tom Quinn has been here since. The, the night the the Kerry Collins days I'm I'm convinced look guy looks good for his age in my opinion <laughs> I feel it felt like it felt like he hasn't aged I felt like he's like that character from Lost what I forget his name um he's like that character from Lost and he just doesn't age <laughs> but the second we get Tom Quinn out of this organization Giants football will be back Tom Quinn joined the New York Giants as an assistant special teams coach in 2006. I felt like it's been and then he became too long. He became the coordinator from 07 to 17. The Giants have been one of the worst special teams groups in the NFL. Like besides Dominic Hickson and David Wilson, 
returning punts and kicks for yeah. the two years that they did it. It's been and, a disaster. And David Wilson wasn't even that good. David Wilson had a couple big returns, and everybody remembers him because he has yeah. nothing else to go by. We have nothing else to remember his career by. Uh, that was that's, pretty much – that's, that's a dig. That's rough. He, he had like yeah, – I'm sorry, but it's true. He had what? I think he had like one kickoff return against the Saints, and it was like it happened to come in the one game where he did like a million good things, and outside of that, it was really nothing else. Wow. He, big, fumbled, big. he fumbled – the man fumbled his second carry in the NFL well, against the Cowboys. Carry. It was, it was the, the first game. I think, I think it was the second. Ugh, feel feel bad for David Wilson. I mean, I feel bad for him. He had a horrible end to his horrible end to his career. Chance but, he could still be here on this team. No, not behind Saquon. Well, I'm saying that there's a chance he would still be here, and then Saquon would have be needed in an alternate universe. Um, Saquon, yes, I, I, David Wilson would have been the reason why we didn't draft Saquon Barkley. I, I hey, I, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted Orleans Darkwater to be the reason why we didn't take Saquon. No, I so I can't even disagree with that. I love the Orleans. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, all right. So uh, Tom Quinn, once Tom Quinn leaves the New York football, because I mean, what else can you point to? They've gotten everybody else out besides um, John Mara. Um, <laughs> they got everybody else out. So I think once Tom Quinn leaves, um, not if, but I, I don't, I don't even want to say if not, um, not if, but when, because the dude has blasted through two different coaching regimes, two, no, three. Three, because it's Coughlin, Coughlin, and it's McAdoo, McAdoo, and now it's freaking Sherber. I'm sold. That's that's it. That's the Giants' problems. Okay, all right. So I have a, I have a thought on how on how we can kind of bridge the gap to talk about how the two games of the Carolina Panthers and the Philadelphia Eagles on how those two games are very similar. Would you like to hear that? I'd love to. All right, so um, the Giants can't do anything, and they can't compete in football games. Very similar to how Eli Manning needs to operate, unless there is a perfect environment. If everything goes right, or let me rephrase it this way, if anything goes wrong, they're done. Officiating in Carolina. That's what players look to, and that's what they pointed the finger all week, and they said, oh, you know, the officiating was terrible, and if the officiating wasn't bad... Would have won the game. Sure. Sure. Should they have not called Landon Collins hitting a defenseless receiver? Sure. Was there a BS call on Kerry Wynn with the with the rough in the passer? Sure. Was blah 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 blah. Okay. So you so you look at that. Special teams blunder. If Jenkins dives on the ball instead of trying to pick it up, sure. If it doesn't hit Eli Apple's leg, if it doesn't hit Beckham's leg, sure. If you know. Blah, 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 blah. Good teams, great teams, teams that compete in football games have the ability to, number one, win close games. Giants don't have the ability to win close games. And number two, they have the ability to rise up above those little mistakes that are made in within football games and find a way to get it done. They didn't do it. So that's the Carolina game. And now you look to... The Eagles game this week, Eli Manning throws an interception on the first drive of the game. Second play of the game, let's try to get our third string tight end going with uh, Evan Ingram and Rhett Elson out. Great, great plan. Great idea. Let's try to get the third string tight end going. Um, okay, so he, so he runs a five-yard little button hook, but there's a linebacker um, right there. So Eli throws it right to the linebacker. Giants are down 7 nothing early, and that 7 nothing deficit might as well feel like a 28, 28 to nothing deficit. 
that's me. That's what I felt like. Your thoughts? <laughs> um, I, no, I think you. I think you've nailed it. The Panthers game, I I do think has a couple of similarities to the Eagles game. Being they, we see time and time again, they can't overcome what other teams can overcome. the the Panther the the Panthers game, they couldn't overcome the couple of mental errors early. Uh, they couldn't overcome a couple of poor calls, though those calls we're seeing league-wide are costing teams games, but that's that's a discussion for a different episode. The Eagles game, I think they couldn't overcome getting down early. They, they couldn't overcome falling down, you know, opening kickoff, you have a good first down play, third and three throw a pick. The, you're, you're already in so much of a hole. MetLife Stadium was already taken over by Eagles fans. It was sad. They couldn't overcome that. I think the entire team just began to press. And as the pressing turned into more losing, I think the losing turned into not caring. And the not caring leads us where we are now. Um, I, I, so I do think there are definitely, there's definitely a bridge between the two games. I just think we're just seeing different, different instances of what this team can't come can't beat what they can't um, overcome. I don't think what plagued them were necessarily the same thing in in the two games, but there are just a bunch of things that they can't they can't overcome. They're they're a mess right now. Let's be honest, they're just a mess. Can we agree on that? Yes, yes. Um, I thought the if the Giants find a way to get in Cam Newton's face during that final drive. Different ball game. Well, the worst part Different is the one time game. they the one time they did it, we got they got called for a right roughing right. the pass. <laughs> right, which which makes the Giants' offensive problems even more incomprehensible because of the fact that the NFL is set up in such a way today that offenses are designed to score thirty points a game, and yeah. you snap your and I know David, I know you kind of disagree with this, and we talked about this last week. You snap your fingers, NFL offenses today can put up thirty points a game, any NFL offense. Any NFL offense can do it. Oh, the, yeah. Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills did it to a pretty damn good Minnesota Vikings defense this the year. They Bills found a way also, to do it. In that game, the Buffalo Bills also turned over the Vikings like three times in the first quarter. That certainly helps. Okay. Was I, and, I, and, I and, watch that game. And we'll, but no, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like catch you, catch you there, but I'm just saying, like, I think what we're seeing is, and I think we touched on this, I don't remember, last week. We probably they, they, also just, they also just can't play a complete game. And this has been a thing. This has been someone that's played the Giants, I think, for a couple of years now, um, up until I think Coughlin's last year. Is there's maybe there's one game where the offense is kind of clicking and and they're looking in sync and they look like they're going to put some points up, put some good drives together. The defense can't can't get their act together. I mean, we saw it yesterday. It didn't feel like it, but there was a feeling of momentum shifting in the beginning of the second half. Right, Barkley. Runs for you know has a fifty yard touchdown run. That next that next Eagles possession, they fumble the ball or do they fumble the ball? You know, let's assume let let's assume for a second that that fumble stands, and Giants take over. They're at the twenty yard line. I'll you know what I'll go I'll take my chances. I'll just say that they end up scoring a touchdown there. Now the game is thirty one. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry, twenty four. 20. 20. Or even if they kick a field goal, it's an eight-point game. It's an, it, They're right there. 
Just like just like Sunday against Carolina. It was an eight-point game. What happens instead? Instead, call gets overturned. All right. I don't know if you remember, but that when that call got over, overturned, that led to a third and the five. Call, the, call st- the call stands. Yeah, yeah, the call stood. Yeah. That led to a third and five. Third and five. Easy first down completion. They got him into a third and long on the next set of downs. Yeah. They got a 16-yard compl- slant slant route completion. Yeah. Why can't we do that? That seems yeah. that seemed pretty easy. Yeah. I don't know if that's like I I, I just I, I don't get it. They had a couple of third down com- third down completions on that drive and just ripped any momentum that the Giants had right out. So right there is a classic case. Giants offense makes a play, but the Giants defense can't can't then hold it down and say, "All right, offense, go back to work." It's just it's an incomplete football team playing incomplete games. Pass rush looked pretty good last night. At times, it disappeared in the second half. Yeah, it, it absolutely disappeared in the second half, and I think it's back to what we talked about. I think it's first half defense was motivated. They're getting in the Wentz's face, but what happened? They got in the Wentz's face a couple times, and it seemed like every time they did, he ended up making a play. He, yeah. complete, he completed the ball. He, he you know, the, the first touchdown of the game was that's exactly what happens. He, right, he rolls out. They have contained, they have contained, they have coverage. And then out of nowhere, Landon Collins just runs off his man. And easy touchdown. Those kinds of plays break defensive linemen because they're saying, what more can we do? This right. guy is athletic. We know this guy can get out of the pocket. You guys got to help us. And now. We're losing 34 to 13. We're not like, you know, we're not. I'm not saying that they necessarily threw in the towel, but I'd be tired of getting beat up for absolutely no reason, too. Yeah, you blink and you're down seven nothing. And you don't know what happened. And, yeah. I, and I agree yeah. with you when you when you say seven nothing felt like 28 nothing. Yeah. I totally agree with you. It and you, the air well, yeah. got taken out so fast. You blink and you, you blink again. You're down 24 13. Hey, there's an opportunity to get the ball back after we just scored. And you blink again, and you're down 31-13. And then it's like, oh, well, so much for that. Um, you mentioned Carson Wentz, and the, I I have a Brett, – Brett Wiley, who's on the Yankees podcast. He's an Eagles fan. He's an Eagles fan. He's a Phillies fan. He's an Orioles fan. He's not, he's not, from, the, he's not from the metropolitan area. He's, he's, a, he's in PA. And he very, very – at least this week, he was being very negative towards the Eagles. And I am, I hate the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. I hate the Cowboys more than I hate the Eagles, but I am envious of the Eagles roster because they've, they did it right. They did it right. They invested in their quarterback who they know can make plays that they know can move towards ACL. <laughs> and that's the risk that you run. Yeah. But you can move. And so important that you draft that quarterback is that even when you don't have that quarterback, you could still build a roster that still can win a Super Bowl. And that's what they did. Nick Foles was incredible. But that roster was also incredible because they built the roster around the young quarterback. You take out the money that you have invested in the quarterback. That money can go elsewhere into free agency, but then also you develop the team through the draft as well. They did it perfectly. And it sounds simple, but it's not. But that's the start. And his ability to make plays on the run is unbelievable. We saw last night, you mentioned Carson Wentz on the touchdown. Rolls out. 
makes some makes plays, makes plays happen. Hits Jeffrey in the back of the end zone. There was a play action pass. Rolls out. Nelson Aguilar, 50, or, you know, the play turned into a 50-yard gain. 20 yards downfield, 25 yards downfield. Makes a play. Finds the receiver. Nelson Aguilar made a pretty heads-up play by deviating from the route. But the quarterback and receiver make plays. And I'll tell you what. Nelson Aguilar, he ain't even no Sterling Shepard, in my opinion. Guarantee you, Giants have somebody who can make these kind of plays, and Carson Wentz is an MVP. Giants have somebody that can make these kind of plays. I think our receivers and our weapons have these intangibles that they would be able to make them just as well as the Eagles do. So um, Carson Wentz is incredible. Carson Wentz is incredible, and the Eagles' approach, which mirrors the Los Angeles Rams' approach, which mirrors the early days of the Seattle Seahawks' approach. I think they were really the first to kind of execute it and do it correctly. Drafting the quarterback. Hey, they got lucky with Russell Wilson in the fourth round. Drafting a quarterback that can move and is shifty and can make things happen, and then building a team around that quarterback because you're not paying that quarterback. You're not paying that quarterback. So Carson Wentz I, was good. Yeah, he was very good. I I agree. I I tried to fight this for a long time, but Carson Wentz. I want to say he's top five quarterback. He I think he might be top three. I think he I, will be. I think I, he will. I, be. I honestly I can't. I between Brady Rogers. I think it's between Brady Rogers, Breeze, and Wentz. Once, once For, Brady, once Brady and Breeze and Rogers retire, which is you know you you would think. I mean, who knows with Brady? Who knows with those three? Because those three are. I think Breeze is closer than any of them. I think Breeze is about to retire. Yeah, but I mean, you look at him and that, you know, guy the the guys that Eli faced in his early career—not really the Saints, but guys that faced Eli that faced Eli in his early career in the postseason. You know, Rogers and um, you know Brady and. You know, guys that we grew up watching, you know, they're they're fading out. So once those, you know, once those guys fade out that we still recognize as top five QBs in the league, it's gonna be him, man. It's gonna be him. It'll be him, it'll be Goff. Mahomes? Probably be Mahomes. Yeah. So so you're you're talking about, and I, I think this is a good progression. You're talking about um how other teams have built, right? And how other teams have done it quote unquote the right way and right. have, have been smart about their off-seasons and, and where they put their money. So I think I, last week on this podcast, I kind of declared my belief in Eli Manning and my belief in the current Giants roster. And I still have that belief. I still think, you know, this isn't any given Sunday league, right? And I think, and this might end up working to the Giants' detriment, I do think they're going to find a way to win four or five games, maybe even six if they get hot. Which can ruin them, which so, will ruin them. So here's my, my two cents on Eli Manning, and we can't spend as long on Eli Manning as we did last week. But Correct. It's hard to not, though. I here's think, my question. Here's my yeah, question. Go ahead, go ahead. Here's the question that I want to ask you, because everybody kind of knows my opinion on Eli. Yeah. I think – the two interceptions and the mistakes that he made, the ability not being able to get the ball to Beckham cost us in Carolina. 
you know, the team, and we also documented how the entire team didn't play well and they didn't play well enough to win the game. There were very good parts of Carolina. I thought Eli played well enough to put us in a position to win the game, but it just wasn't good enough. Okay. Philly looked bad. So David, the kind of question I want to ask you is phrased and put under this kind of lens from this tweet from Art Stapleton. Then he said, he tweeted, the decision-making by the QB is a major problem. It's holding this team back. If it's not the decisions made by the QB, it's the play calling, which we did address last week. And you even saw it in the Eagles game where there was a first and 15 screen pass to Beckham, second and 15 screen pass to Beckham. But the Giants have given this game to the Eagles and they've stepped on their throats and taken it. So decision-making by the QB, it's holding the team back. And if it's not the decisions by the QB, it's the play calling. So I want to ask you, do you think that Eli Manning is holding this team back? Hold this team back from winning right now, today? Um, I would, yes. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yes. Um, among other things, yes. I think, and yesterday is really, really, and I think being at the game helped me in this regard. You did get to see the amount of receivers that did run open. And you get to see the amount of times that Eli just flat out missed a, missed a throw. Throws that we've seen him make countless times in his career. Um, I think in a game like yesterday, the offensive line play, play was awful. The offensive line was abysmal yesterday. That being said, I do think there were, I'm thinking off the top of my head, four or five plays where the, the protection did break down. Fletcher Cox Where? continued to own the Giants and yes. Patrick Omame. Patrick Omame looked bad for the again, but Nate that was, a, really that was bad a, too. Oh, Jesus Christ. Highest paid offensive lineman all time, everybody. Again, this is why you need to build from the draft. Go ahead, David. Continue. Thank you. If if there was a and, and I I don't want to you know pick another quarterback and, and do right, play that right. game because that's not fair. Right. Um, but can't. if they if they just had a quote unquote more mobile quarterback and a Jenny, younger guy, anybody. a more athletic guy, not no, I don't say anybody because then all right, then I'll say okay, fine. A more a more mobile quarterback would be. No, like, my point is my point is everybody is more mobile than you. Well, are. yeah, but I'm talking also <laughs> also somebody who like knows what they're doing and and can throw the football and and you have confidence right. in them. My my mind jumps to a guy like Russell Wilson, but I, I'm trying to refrain from saying Russell Wilson. If you have a guy like that, I see, I saw a lot of plays on the field yesterday where I, I said that a, a different guy might make that play, might make that play interesting, might yeah. find a way to put the ball somewhere where it can get in the hands of a, one of the many dynamic weapons they have on offense and something can happen. So yes, I do think, I do think Eli Manning is holding them back from winning, from winning games this year. I actually don't think, and, and we touched on this last week, and this is the, the main thing I want to say. I'm sitting at the stadium last night and thinking, this is probably it. I think a game like yesterday all but shuts the door on Eli Manning with the Giants, in my opinion. I think he'll finish out the year. He'll at least play um, through week 13, 14, something like that. If the season gets absolutely no better and they just keep losing, I could see, I could see them benching him. Um, because now, what's the harm in benching him? You know, you, you've the streak is no longer 
McAdoo took a fall for that one already. Right. And you're not going to, I would hope, I would hope they wouldn't bench Eli right. Manning for Alex Tanny. Yeah. And the difference between the benching, if when it were, to, it is going to happen, I am hoping and praying that Alex Tanny will not be the quarterback to come in. That would be, that would be, that would equate McAdoo and Shermer, in my opinion. If, if Shermer does what McAdoo did, with benching Eli, I disagree with the, I disagreed with it at the time when he did it. But if they had said, "All right, Davis Webb, it's your turn. It's your chance to shine." We know what Geno Smith is about, right? And we don't Davis need to Webb see it. take the reins. You get you you got three games, right? And we didn't need to see it. Like if right. Davis Webb isn't ready, just freaking keep Eli in. If Luleta exactly. isn't ready, exactly, just freaking keep Eli in. And like, I don't I don't so much mind if Luleta is not quote unquote ready. He is a rookie. I get that. He has no game experience. He's got a couple preseason snaps under his belt. He looked okay in preseason, actually. But so if the year comes and goes and we never see Lalata play a game, I'll understand why. Um, and I think, I think what yesterday does at least says to me. I think personally, I, I think Eli still has still has games games in him. I think he still got touchdowns in him, yards in him. I think not the Giants would ever do this, but if they released him and he went somewhere else, this is a completely alternate reality. This would never happen. But if they released him, he went somewhere else. I think, like we were alluding to earlier, in the right setting. And by the right setting, I mean I a think perfect, he can a perfect he can, setting. He can make more with a very good offensive line, or at least an average offensive line, and average to below average weapons around him. Then he can. I think he. I think he would play well in Dallas. He he can make more with that than he yeah. can with extremely above average weapons and no offensive line. Um, that's what we're seeing this year. So. If he, if he went somewhere else, I think he would actually play pretty well. I think he could win a lot of football games with another team. That being said, <sighs> yikes. That being said, because that, that's just an argument of Eli Manning and what we think he still has to bring to the table. That's what that you, being that's said, what you think. That's what you think well, he can bring to the table. I do. That being said, and I think that's what Dave Gettleman, that's what Dave Gettleman saw. Well, that's what Pat Shermer saw. Outdated. I, I think it was foolish. Look now, looking at it, I think they they, they figured Nate Solder was going to be a lot better than he is. Mm-hmm. I think they figured Patrick Omame was going to be kind of one of those guys you pick up off a scrap heap and he just kind of plugs in. And I think they saw Eric Flowers taking a step forward, which just never happened. Also, Eric Flowers released. Like, can we just have a moment of joy for that? Yes, because that happened this past week. It was that actually was- it was actually sponsored by. Um, this is um, NYG Weekly kind of pointed this out, and Ethan, one of the hosts of that podcast, it was sponsored by an HR department. Isn't that funny? Like this Giants release is sponsored by a human resources department, <laughs> not just like not just like the team. No, not just like the Giants have released Sarah Flowers. They put a picture of that. Big ass's face on there, and they sponsored it by an HR department. That's so, funny. That actually is funny. Um, um so, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about uh this 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 Michael David Smith tweet. 
Um, so you talked, so you talked about hindsight 2020, right. Um, in terms of the overall approach to the year, having no competition with Eric flowers at right tackle having, I mean, again, and this is all a product of bad drafting, bad drafting by Jerry Reese. And I don't have, and I don't have a problem with, you know, I have a problem with Dave Gettleman's mentality and his approach to the season. I do not have a problem with any of his um, personnel and, signings and draftees besides Jonathan Stewart. But anyway, this is from Michael David Smith and I'm, I'm reading tweets because some, some of the tweets that we got this week were gold. So Michael David Smith, when I criticize the giants for drafting Barkley, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm saying Eli's not good and drafting a running back second overall when your QB is not good is like spending all your money on a new TV. When the roof is leaking. I, I get that. I agree with it. I don't think, and this is where I think you're going to be frustrated with me. I don't think that this season would have gone any differently, in all honesty, if they had drafted a quarterback. I think we would also be one in five. I do. And but, I, but I would be fine with it. But now here, let me ask you this, okay? Who did you want them to draft? I wanted uh, Josh Rosen, but I would have been totally fine with Sam Darnold. Okay. I, 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 there was a part of me, again, hell, we're seeing Baker Mayfield play now. I would have been fine with freaking ba- Baker Mayfield. Okay. Rosen hasn't looked great. Yes, he has. He's looked very good under pressure. What would the record be with, with Josh Rosen? Well, Eli would still be starting. And then I think Josh Rosen would probably be getting the reins within the next few weeks. If we were, because I think we would also be one in five. Yes. Okay. Okay. Darnold has looked inconsistent when he's been good. He's been very good when he's been bad. Right. He's been very bad. Rookie quarterback. Uh, Baker, same thing. Baker Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz didn't look yeah, great his rookie, rookie year. year. Absolutely. Most quarterbacks don't look very good. Their Jared rookie. Goff didn't look good his rookie year. No. Patrick Mahomes um, had a year to sit. So I, I understand the hype around these three quarterbacks. I don't really include Josh Allen because he hasn't looked great. Right. Right, I, um, I I was not considering. He's made Josh some Allen. Cool, he's made some nice plays, but also, yeah. also that team is just so many pieces away from competing. There there that, are some there are some quarterbacks that you reach for, like the Bills did, just because quarterbacks are so valuable and you need yeah. one. Right. So I was not if the giant if the Giants let's just say if the Giants traded back because Josh Allen was their guy, I would be very upset with that. Like I'm not just saying give me any quarterback or give me death. There were really good quarterbacks available, and the Giants were in the in the perfect position. So you were on a thought. I'm on a thought. So I think, and you're going to start telling me about longevity of players and the importance of positions. Yes. Okay. Saquon Barkley is, I think, within two to three years' time, going to be the best running back in the NFL. Pound think, for pound, best running back. I think he NFL. already is. I think he already well, is. Well, okay, I, I, I'm trying not to get on the hype train too fast. But when you realize that there is nothing off- offensive line-wise around him, the play, forget some of the, some of the incredible plays he's made, but just think about, think about when they put Wayne Gallman in the game. And Wayne Gallman is in no, no means a top echelon running back. I'm not pretending that he is. He, I, but I think, he's, I think he's a good player. Which I think reveals that the positional value of a running back, you can get literally anywhere in the draft and you can literally get anywhere. You don't get, that's the thing. You don't get Saquon Barkley anywhere. Right. But again, but again, there's a leak in the roof and we bought a new TV. That's great. But 
I think Saquon Barkley is so valuable, and I think he will be so valuable to this team going forward. I've seen a lot more from him than I've seen from any three of those quarterbacks in the first five weeks of the season. But it's uh, now, yes. So, so yes, positional. This is where I, this is where I will tell you that the outdated approach of Dave Gettleman and his mentality of Jonathan Stewart is in his 10th year and he hasn't lost a step. And that reveals a much larger problem about Dave Gettleman's uh, psyche and his approach to the game of football that, a running back is not as valued as it once was because offensive line play is mediocre everywhere. And this is a passing league. But you're trying to equate players that aren't equal. Um, to use somebody like Jonathan Stewart as your reasoning to say a running back's not as valuable. I no, agree. I'm not saying, I'm not I saying that. No, I, I, I'm, I know I'm, take, I'm taking your, your words and making them unfair, but. It's the whole mindset behind exactly. it. No, I, I understand that. But Saquon, it, it, I've, Saquon Barkley is, does more at the running back position than any player I've really seen. For the Giants, for the Giants specifically, I've never seen a, a running back do what he's able to do for the Giants. And I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. But where I'm coming from, I agree with you. Saquon Barkley is probably the best running back that we've seen since Barry Sanders. Since Barry Sanders hung it up early in his career, might I add, early in his career, he retired early in his career because he knew that the pounding that he would take on a bad football team was not worth it because they didn't surround him with the right players. So he hung it up early, might I add that. Saquon Barkley is probably the best guy that we've seen since him. By the Giants taking him and by bypassing the need that they needed to address. We are now hoping and praying, and I think this can also transition to a, us to a different conversation. We are now hoping and praying and relying on the Giants not being good for the rest of the season. And I hate that. I hate that now I am hoping and praying that the Giants do not win enough football games to fall out of the top five or the top three of the NFL draft. Because if we do that, we don't, we either see another year of Eli Manning, which shoot me in the freaking mouth right now if, if, I, if we have to do that, and or we have to not just draft, not just draft a quarterback and just so or, or reach for a quarterback, or trade up, or trade up in the draft and give up all assets. Now it worked for the Jets as of right now. It worked for the Jets as of right now, but they only moved up a few picks. So. Maybe well, you look at think, that. I don't maybe, think the Giants are getting out of the top ten. Well, right, right. Games, so, yeah, top 10. so you look at kind of like that, and I guess maybe that can give you. But I mean, at the end of the day, the Jets did have to give up something to move up to get Darnold. It didn't work for the Redskins. You know, they got RG three, and they gave all the Rams their picks, and the Rams turned those picks into into Jared Goff. So. You know, we're hoping and we're praying when we had the opportunity right in front of us. It was David. It was right there. It was right there. Was? Saquon Barkley was right yes. there. Yes. Yes. Saquon Barkley was right there. But now we are hoping and we are praying. And this is why 2018 is a wasted season. We are wasting the talent of Landon Collins. We are wasting the talent of Saquon Barkley. But we're going to waste we it are, either way. 
but get, but if we took the guy that we needed to take, and I don't want to, I don't want to get into the the hindsight's twenty twenty thing, but if we were to take the guy that would be the future of this franchise at the quarterback position, this year would be a grooming year, and twenty nineteen would be the year that we hit the ground running. Twenty nineteen would be the year that we guess what? We have a top ten pick, we have a top five pick. Let's take a defense alignment. Let's take an offense alignment. Hey, Eli Manning's money came off the books. JPP's money came off the books. Let's spend some money in free agency. And then we hit the ground running in 2019 instead of this wasted season where we have to sit here and continue to talk about April when it's bullshit. I don't mind. I don't mind being a year behind your schedule if it means that we got a generational talent. In a position that is fading in the NFL. You mean to tell me yesterday was fading? That position was fading yesterday? Yeah, in a 34 to 13 game. He was the offense. He was the entire offense. That is not a fading when you have a guy like Saquon Barkley, that's not a fading position. It's a fading position when Wayne Gallman's your running back. It's a fading position when Bilal Powell's your running back. It's not a fading position when it's Todd Gurley or when it's Saquon Barkley or when it's Le'Veon Bell or when it's Ezekiel Elliott. These guys are different. And Saquon Barkley is different than all of those guys that I just talked about. So I don't mind being a little behind schedule. I don't even, I don't consider it behind schedule. I don't mind because I think we got probably who will in the in the long run will be the best player of that draft by far. I, I don't think it's going to be close. What were you feeling after he scored the game-winning touchdown in Houston and he came up limping? What were you feeling? Concerned. Concerned? But I mean that's the that's that's the game. We're blessed that we've had a quarterback that's never gotten hurt. Quarterbacks get hurt too. Aaron Rodgers has missed the majority of the last two seasons with injury. Right. Tom Brady's different, but he missed the you know, you look at the the Patriots Science team, there's one blip on it. What was that blip? It's a torn ACL. Year he tore his ACL. It happens. These guys get hurt too. I don't I, I don't understand how Eli Manning's never gotten hurt because it's not like he hasn't taken a beating in his career. He so oh, he has. has. And I think that's why he's he's petrified. That's why he's he's done. He I, I would be too. But quarterbacks get hurt too. I guarantee you Baker Mayfield's gonna get hurt at some point. Yeah. Sam Darnold's gonna get hurt at some point. And may, maybe not huge injuries, but they're gonna they're gonna get hurt. That's the risk. Every time you submit a draft pick, it's a risk. You don't know what you're going to get for it. It's an investment in a guy you've never seen put on your uniform before. All right. So we talked about um, Giants and hoping and praying to get a top five pick because that's what we have to do. David thinks there. David thinks that there's wins towards the end of the schedule, and I hate doing this. I said in the beginning of the season. I said in the beginning of the season. I'm not a guy that looks week to week and looking at football games. And saying, oh, are we going to win this game like before the season? Because I think it doesn't matter. You know, there were podcasts that predicted that the Giants would win eight games. There were podcasts that predicted the Giants would win 10 games. I said on this podcast that I thought the Giants would possibly win eight, nine games. Well, you know, but I at least Bleeding Blue didn't waste the time going game by game talking about if we're going to win or not. I couldn't stand that hearing that. But we're going to do it now. We're about because to do it. <laughs> we're we're going to do it now because I need I need for myself, I need to see if there actually are wins in this schedule. Because it, it is known that the Giants' schedule does get easier. So, 
Um, Monday night, national national television again. Yeehaw! We get a chance to showcase our talents on national television again against the, the against the Atlanta Falcons, who are not having a good season. But I still think we're going to get wrecked. This is going to be quick, rapid fire. Giants win or uh, lose? Go. Uh, lose. Okay, great. Washington Redskins at home, week eight. Lose. I think they lose too. Scary. T- I think Wash. I think Washington might might even win the division. If uh, Eagles, I think the Eagles. Might get well, hot. We were just the 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 Eagles just used us as their get right game. Well, I they're I hope going, I don't know what I hope. I don't know what I hope because I don't like any NFC East team, but um, I like their roster, so I think it may be right. Uh, week nine, we don't lose. That's 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 the great news about week nine. Week ten, um, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Monday, is that yes? Jesus, it's that's a it's Monday night football again. Oh, that's gonna be a terrible game it's gonna be rough yeah. they have to move that they have to move they, that they can't you can't move in week 10 i think it starts week 12 flex oh schedule. no that sucks for espn yep there's a chance that after i mean there there's somewhat of a chance that after the bye week they may go to luletta and it's going to be luletta versus whoever the starting quarterback is for the 49ers like there's a chance that may happen oh my god all right so the giants <laughs> win against the 49ers or now yes yeah, I think they win against 49ers. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, week 11. Now, wait, granted, this, all of my predictions here are assuming Eli Manning is a starting quarterback, just so you know. Okay, great. Okay, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that meant life. That's a win. All right, so we're on a bit of a winning streak. We have three wins. Um, I'm going to go with the win, too, because Tampa. we've typically done well against Tampa Bay at MetLife. Three wins at Philly, Lincoln. Do we even need to go over that? They're going to be... They're going to be on the hot. They're going to be on the stride. That's going to be the, I, no, because especially I don't care what the Eagles' record is. Whenever we go to Lincoln, whenever we go to whenever we go to Lincoln Financial, it's terrible. Okay, so th- we're still at three wins. Week thirteen, Chicago Bears at MetLife Stadium. Lost. Bears are good. Lost. Bears are scary. Redskins. Do we get swept by the Redskins? Week fourteen. No, we don't. We never do. Okay, so that's four wins. Scary. Um, Tennessee Titans. Week fifteen, MetLife Stadium. That's a win. I think that's a loss. Okay. So David's at five. I'm at four. At Indy. That's. I want to say a win. I don't know. That's one of those games. I thought. Does it? I mean. All right. It's a toss up. It's a 50 50 coin yeah. flip. I think. I think the Giants stop trying by then, and Andrew Locke tears them apart. And no matter what the offense does, uh, no matter if they're going up against a bad defense, a good defense. I think it's a loss. Um, so I'm at four wins. Uh, we're just going to have David at five. Week 17 against Cowboys. They'll get, they're going to get smacked. They're going to get smacked. Yeah. I actually think that they can win. Really? Yeah, because I thought that – I think the Cowboys are terrible. I do so, too, but I think the Giants are terrible too. Um, so I think we both actually wound up finishing with either four or five wins on the season. Like that's yeah. that's our – and guess what? Four or five wins? You're, well, out, of the to- you're out of the top well, five. Let's just say top, you're in the top I ten. I think it's top five. All right. Four or five wins. That's what we. That's what we realistically expect from this team. Um, final conversation, or even, or here. Here's a here's a preview for the next few weeks because I think they're going to be terrible. Um, we're going to talk about tanking, and we're going to talk about the ethics around tanking. But that's not going to happen this week. Um, as and as fans, should we hope that the Giants lose? Um, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in next weeks. But I want to. I kind of want to. I want to talk about um, OBJ because there's been some. There's been some wild off the field uh, headlines, including Lil Wayne and Eli Manning, and um, Lil Wayne. Lil, Wayne, what what do you and Lil Wayne have in common? Do you know that, David? What do I and Lil Wayne have in common? 
Yeah, you have something very distinct in common. Um, we both wear dreads pretty well. Yes, that is exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, Lil Wayne is a huge Eli sporter. He's a that's big what I thought Eli you were guy. gonna say. That's what yeah. I, I was pretty sure. So Eli kind of like threw him under the bus when he was when he was asked about Lil Wayne. Eli was like, "I don't know much about Lil Wayne," and Lil Wayne was like, "You know what, dude? Screw you! I stood by you all these years, all these years, and you don't know my name." And then the Giants walked, and then the Giants uh, practice song this was, week was like a lot of Lil Wayne practice. A lot of Lil Wayne. Okay, um, but um, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, his off the in between the lines problems continue. So here's some of them. ESP, I mean, I, problems. I'm putting problems in air quotes. Okay. There was a ESPN interview that was pretty popular, pretty talked about. There's some comments post game, and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. versus inanimate inanimate objects battle number two, yelling at tablet holders on the sideline. David, I don't know if you saw that since you were at the game, but that I did, did happen. That did happen. Odell, aware, I didn't see it. Odell was um, having a pretty heated conversation with um, Microsoft Surface tablets, multiple, multiple Microsoft Surface tablets with this helmet on, and he seemed to be pretty upset with them. I wonder, I wonder what was, I wonder what was going on there. But um, probably he was probably looking at it and saying, "Look at that! I was open." <laughs> probably that's honestly probably what he saw. I'm not even lying. <laughs> um. But particularly, like, you know, no no jokes aside, um, Beckham's comments and especially that ESPN interview and there was reports, good job, I mean, good job by the Giants brass by kind of keeping this under the wraps during the week. But now there was reports that Beckham was fined for his comments of criticizing the team and criticizing the some of the play calling and you know, if you haven't seen the interview and you don't know what we're talking about, I recommend that you go do that. But um, David, what are you? What are your? What are your reactions to this? Was this necessary? And this was before the Carolina game, by the way. Um, was it necessary? You know, did it help? Did it hurt? Because you know, the Giants kind of went out against Carolina and they started throwing the ball down the field a little bit. And Eli started to take some risk, and the offense, you know, the offense scored thirty points for the first time since Tom Coughlin. So, what do we? What do we think of Beckham's comments? And kind of more importantly, in my opinion, what do we think of the Giants' reaction to it? All right. So as far as fans go, I'm going to channel my inner Aaron Rodgers, which I know I have in me. Um, relax. Everybody is going insane over Odell Beckham and what he said about – he even called out the fans. He called out MetLife. He called out the culture of MetLife. He called out – he called. He's called out so many different people, not by name, and that's the problem. I have no problem with it. I have absolutely no problem with you saying what we all already know. We're, we're already aware. You know, why can't we throw the ball more than 20 yards? Hmm, that's a really good question, Odell. Why can't we throw the ball more than 20 yards? When Josina Anderson asks him, are you happy in New York? And his, rea- his reaction is, eh, I don't know. It's hard. You know what? I totally get that. Since I'm sitting in MetLife and I ask myself, am I happy here? I don't know. I'm not, I, of course you're not going to be happy you've, when you've lost 17 of your last 21 games now. That is not a fun place to be. Do you have a problem with quarterback? He's seen the same thing we're seeing. And he kind of gave a in-the-middle response, which... Eli's Eli. 
Eli's Eli, which they're kind of taught to give. That's 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 the reaction you're supposed to give. No, no, no. Yes, it is. No, it's not. You don't Giants. Just, you, you do not. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, then you know what? The Giants have a culture change because I don't have any problem with with him saying, "You see what I see." I'm not going to sit here and blindly say I have full support. And you're like, be honest with me. If yeah. you don't have full support in your quarterback, tell me you don't have full support in your quarterback. That might wake him up. Now, the one thing I've heard, and I do agree with this, keep it inside. Right. Don't right. don't make a big deal out of it. That that's what that's the problem. And I don't I feel like if he had to do it over again, he probably wouldn't have done it. I think he's the kind of guy every once in a while he just he just gets in his own way. And he realizes after the fact that he got in his own way. Um, I don't have any problem. But I don't have any problem with what he said. I just wish he had done it differently. Um, as far as the Giants finding him, look, you need to keep this bridge. You need to not burn this bridge. Odell's a fire plug. He has been since the day he walked into the facility. Be careful. Dave Gettleman, Pat Shermer, you're, you're playing with fire. You're already playing with fire by not throwing him the ball. By not In his eyes, somebody has to get him the ball. And I tend to agree, as I think most of the fan base does. So somebody in that locker room, somebody in that front office needs to talk to Odell and say, look, we find you for X, Y, and Z reason, you know why we find you for, you know, comments detrimental to the team, whatever they, whatever they officially called it. They need to lay out a plan in front of Odell Beckham that says, this is how we're going to fix this. This is what we're going to do to allow you to do the things that you know you're capable of, we know you're capable of, which is why we signed you to the deal we signed you to, which is why you signed the deal in the first place. The point is, they've got him locked up. I'm not worried about him walking. Yeah, which is why I'm I'm very curious as to why they're choosing to discipline him now. Like it's kind of interesting, right? Like well, I, I, I kind of get why they're doing it because now that they have him locked up, hey, they can hey, he's here. He can't go anywhere. So now Say we can that. discipline Don't him. Do that. It's weird that now they like out of all the things, like even Pat, like now, this is what I I don't like the Giants' reaction to it because Pat Shermer's after the game in Carolina. It's the same old, same old. Coddle Eli, he threw the defense under the bus by the quote of he had at one point we were winning thirty-one to thirty. Yikes! That's throwing the defense under the bus. He's throwing he throws shade at Beckham by saying if you want to ask if you want to ask uh, Beckham about. The uh, d- uh the discipline issue. You go ask Beckham. You want to know what? As a head coach, you're supposed to be defending your guys. Now he de- now he defends Eli. We certainly know he defends Eli. You're not hearing Pat. I, I, you're I not think... hearing. You're not hearing Pat Shermer's go say. You know what? You want to know what went wrong? Go ask Eli. But no, it's oh yeah. You want to hear? You want to hear what went wrong with Beckham? Go ask him. Because you want to know what? Reporters are going to go ask him. And you want to know what? You're going to get more of a headline because the more he talks, the more there's a headline. And it's over, and all of it, it is all of it is overblown. It's Shermer so walked in. Shermer walked in to this, and he. I don't think he was ready for it. He was not prepared for the personalities on this team. He was not prepared. Personalities meaning Odo Beckham. He was not prepared for media. This kind of a season, he wasn't prepared for the media. I think he is completely wrong for this job. 
I'll take away his play calling for a second. I don't think he's been, I, I think he's been a poor head coach as is, but I think his I think his handling of the media has been atrocious. Yeah. New but, York New York media gets a bad rap. Um, but I don't think like even and even people even people from the Yankees say this, and baseball media is brutal. <laughs> they have the tendency to be brutal. But even people from the Yankees are like, you know, New York media gets this rap for being intimidating and ruthless but they're not i think it's just a lot pat Pat Shermer, yeah it's a lot we want to know what you have to we are one in five we're six weeks into the season and pat Shermer is starting to get frustrated by the fact that the same questions are being asked every week well you want to know whose fault that is it's not the media's fault you want to get stopped you want to getting you want to stop getting the same questions asked to you win football games that's not the media's fault they're doing their job you're the one not doing their job, and you're the one that's throwing a player who is the most talented player that this franchise has seen since Lawrence Taylor. You're the one who's throwing him under the bus, and you're the one coddling a 37-year-old quarterback because you were told by Dave Gettleman and John Mara at all costs to coddle him because fans freaked out, guilty as charged, guilty as charged, freaked out last season when they questioned him and they benched him. So this is where we're at. I this say, I just think they need to be. They, they're treading very carefully. They they need to be very very careful to not alienate Odell Beckham because some people will say, "Oh, if he's that much of a problem, you don't want him in the first place." <laughs> I want him. I want him very badly, and you need that guy motivated. You need him motivated just as much as you need your quarterback motivated. And there's, I've never doubted Eli Manning's motivation, but the point is, I I. I think Odell, Odell Beckham sees the writing on the wall that he doesn't play forever and something needs to change. It's like something needs to change. He wants to be great. Pretty fa- He wants to be great. And I've got no problem with the sideline tantrums. I have no problem with the yelling at the tablets. I have no problem with punching inanimate objects. I've got no problem with screaming. I have no, no problem with it because I have never doubted that man's heart. Whereas somebody like, Let's see to pick another Terrell Owens. And I, I, I promise this is not just a giant versus cowboy and Eagle bias. Terrell Owens, when he would get frustrated, would quit. He would yell at teammates. He would quit. Odell Beckham does not quit. Well, he just I mean, gets he, more and more. He walked, did not. I mean, here, here's what people are going to come back and say to you, David. He, oh, he walked in. He, he walked in with two seconds left in the half yesterday. That's what people are going to say. Yeah. Um, first of all, don't you can't pick and choose instances that you want to pay attention to, right? He walked into into the tunnel at halftime. I hate to point this out to everyone. He does that every every week. He does that. A lot of players do that every week. Now I understand you've got one more play to you know you have one more play. Odell Beckham knows just as much as you and I do. They were not throwing that ball into the end zone for whatever reason. They weren't going to. Would I've liked to see him on the field? I was at the stadium saying, "Where's Odell? Why is he not on the field right now?" Doesn't make any sense. If that's called quitting on your team, then I, I don't know. But he plays with so much fire and so much passion. He doesn't care if he gets fined. He doesn't care what happens. He wants to win football games, and I want him to be. I want him to be winning football games with the Giants. All right. So I think we'll. I think we'll end on this. You alienate Odell Beckham Jr. At this point, you alienate the entire locker room. Absolutely. People are saying Saquon is rising up to be the Giants leader. I can agree with that. 
but I think Saquon's still a rookie. Sa- Saquon, I think he's more of a leader by example at this point. And how can he not? Because he's the one that's carrying whatever kind of offense that we have. And also, I think, uh, he's, yeah. also, he's also been perfect in terms of dealing with PR, media yeah, and PR. on the field. I mean, what I loved yesterday was he had his touchdown run, right? It was fantastic. It was an amazing, amazing run. I feel like we haven't spent enough time talking about Saquon Barkley. No, but yeah, the, the game, he, for scrimmage yards, he broke. In ter- well, first of all, he was one yard away from being the first Giants running back ever to have 100 receiving yards and 100 rushing yards in the same game. And then he also broke the record for an NFL, uh, not NFL, for a Giants rookie to have the most scrimmage yards in one game. So continue. Yeah. He, you know, he scores that he scores that touchdown run. What's he do? He walks off the field. He knows they're losing. He knows they're losing big. Eli Apple, meanwhile. meanwhile oh, yeah, he celebrates whenever this, he breaks up This the just aggravated me, and this wasn't a big deal, but it, just, it really aggravated me when you've got a rookie a sensational worker who's getting so much PR and is still able to stay within himself and understand this game is is not going well. Eli Apple breaks up a pass and stares yeah. at the receiver and starts waving his mm-hmm. arms, you know, making yeah, yeah, yeah. incompletion. Like, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, um especially after last year. Uh, not Beckham. Yeah. Who he was. Yeah. Especially last year with Apple. Um Barkley had a quote after the game. He was asked, how do you feel How do you feel coming off of your performance today? He's like, not great, didn't win. So PR, he's perfect. But at this point, in my opinion, there's reports that the locker room is turning on Eli and Beckham is the leader of this team. Beckham is the leader of this team. Whether Giants fans like it or not, Odell Beckham is the leader of this football team. Yeah. And I don't think Beckham realizes that. I think he might. I think I think he might. And I think that's honestly why he came out. He's never had a quote like this before. And sure. there have been times where it's been justifiable. Years and years. Last year, it was, I mean, well, he wasn't playing last year. He might have said it last year if he played. I don't know. But there have been times where it's been kind of justifiable to come out and criticize the team. And but he but he hasn't. So this is this is something that I think was a well thought out statement, well thought out. Thought from him, thoughts from him, and you can kind of argue that it worked because I, I they think went out good. there. I think it was good for them. Yeah, it was good for the team. But again, the Giants throw them under the bus. So, David, any final thoughts? Um, we probably, you know, we won't be recording till the middle of next week again. We have Ooh. Sunday. We have the, it, it. It's going to be kind of nice to be able just to do Watch whatever I need to do. Yeah, I don't I'm, even. I don't even know if I'm going to watch football. I may just I'm watch the watch- Sunday. I'm going to watch all the games and I'm going to enjoy it and know that I don't have a loss coming my way by a team I care about. So, yeah, I may just watch a Sunday night game. We'll be able to get stuff done Sunday night. I don't know. Um, Oh, oh it, yes. Sunday night. Great game. Chiefs and Steelers. No, oh, no screw Chiefs it. No and Patriots. Chiefs and Patriots. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember hearing that. Yeah. Great, great game. Excited for that. It's sad that I'm more excited to see um, the Chiefs play. And the Rams play, and sometimes I'm even excited to just to watch the Eagles play, just because they're fun teams and our team is not. So um, we play Monday night in Atlanta, in hot Atlanta. They're not really hot, but they're they're gonna find a way to beat the crap out of us too. Um, so David, any other any other final thoughts they have? Any other final thoughts? Uh, I mean, I think we about covered everything. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think things are as dire as they seem today. 
There will be a tomorrow. There will be a tomorrow when April, whenever the NFL, whenever the 2019 NFL draft is, and if Justin Herbert declares for the draft. All right. So, everyone, New York Football Giants fans, hang in there. It's been a bad week if you're a Yankees and a Giants fan. Yes, it has. Probably, probably like the worst ever. So, um, you know what you can do? You can keep on bleeding blue and give us five stars on iTunes. Peace out.